Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are in the middle of our study on the Life of Jesus series, and I certainly hope that uh, you have enjoyed this study as much as I have. We're going to be talking on the subject of the parables of the Lord Jesus, and these are found in Matthew chapter 13. I don't think we'll get through all of them today, but we'll get through uh, the major one or the major ones at least. But I want to ask you a question before we pray and get started. And that question is, do you have the mind of Christ? Do you have the mind of Christ? Well, the Apostle Paul says that we do. He says, but we have the mind of Christ. And of course, anyone who is born again has been given the mind of Christ as a possession. And the mind of Christ speaks to us of the fact that Jesus now is dwelling in us. As a matter of fact, the entire Godhead dwells in us. And because he is in us, we can hear the voice of the Father. And we can hear the mind of the Spirit. Christ will give us revelation. And we know that because of what Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. The issue in the church today is that many believe Jesus is their Savior. However, they have not done what Jesus said do. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. There is a twofold responsibility of every person that comes to Christ. Number one, to receive Christ as his Savior and Lord, surrendering to him, and then taking upon himself the yoke of Christ and following him. Praise God. And of course, when we take upon the yoke of Christ, that means that we go wherever he directs us to go, wherever he steers us to go. If he pulls on the reins and, and, and wants us to stop, we stop. If he yanks on the reins and wants us to go, we go. If, we turn, if he wants us to turn to the right, we turn to the right. If he wants us to turn to the left, we turn to the left. And we have so many people in the church world today, we'll say Christendom, who say that they're followers and believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, but yet... They don't do the things that Jesus is telling us to do. And so these parables make perfect sense to us today because Jesus is addressing not only his disciples, he's also addressing the multitudes. And in the multitudes that were following Jesus, there were those who earnestly desired to know about him. There were those who were just the curiosity seekers. They were awed by the miracles. And then there were those in the, within the multitudes who wanted to uh, catch Jesus. Therefore, they listened intently to his words, waiting for him to say something whereby they might accuse him and, of course, then destroy him. So we have three groups of people. We have those who are the earnest followers of the Lord Jesus. We have the curiosity seekers those who go to church but really haven't yoked up to Christ. And, of course, we have those that are opposed to him. 
And the opposition comes mainly from the religious sect of Christendom. But we want to go ahead and move on. We want to go ahead and pray, and then we'll look into these parables. And then, But I want first to give just a review of chapter 12 real quick. won't take long. But let's go ahead and pray. Father, we love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and we so endeavor, Lord, with all the earnestness of our heart to follow you and to do those things that are pleasing to your sight. So, Lord, we pray continually. Reveal yourself in the Word of God as we study it together, as we teach it, as we speak it, as we hear it. Lord, we do that with a heart to understand and put into practice the things that you have told us that you want us to do. And we'll give you praise and honor and glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. So Matthew chapter 12, remember now, chapter 12 and chapter 13 covers one entire day of ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, chapter 12 begins with him uh, with his disciples walking through the grain fields and the the disciples picking um, some grain and being accused of doing something that was unlawful on the Sabbath day. Um, and then Jesus talks to them about how that uh, it is good to do on the Sabbath day. And and then Jesus goes into the synagogue and there's a man there that needs to be healed. And the Pharisees accuse him and, and say just plainly, they say, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day so that they might accuse him? And Jesus said, yes. Amen. And so when Jesus begins his healing ministry and the multitudes are being healed and uh, the the signs and miracles which Jesus did so astonished uh, the Jews that they say, is this the son of David? Or they're saying, is this the Messiah? And then the Pharisees accuse and say, no, no, he, Jesus, is casting out devils by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And Jesus speaks to them concerning these things and how that uh, sin against the Holy Ghost is not forgiven, not in this world, nor in the world to come. And then he talks about how that either, and this is, this is the way it's going to be at the end of time, either the tree is going to be good and it's fruit good, or it's going to be bad, and it's fruit bad. One or the other. There's no middle ground. There's no purgatory. The sentence of God upon us is that either we're going to be justified or we're going to be condemned. And a lot of uh, the judgment that's going to take place has to do with the words we say, because the words we say come right out of our heart. And Jesus said this. He says, by your words, you'll be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. And he was speaking specifically to the Pharisees. And then the Pharisees wanted a sign. And, and Jesus said, I'm not going to give you a sign. The only sign I'm giving you is the sign of Jonah. As he was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so the son of man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And that's Jesus speaking to the disciples, the multitudes, and the Pharisees, the manner in which he is going to um, be crucified, be buried, and raised again the third day. And so that brings us up to Matthew chapter 13. So we'll begin in verse 1. On that day, Jesus went out of the house. All right, so right here, Jesus has gone to synagogue, he's ministered in the synagogue, and, and most likely a synagogue service lasted three hours. So we could say it this way. The synagogue service started at 9 and ended at 12. 
And so Jesus now, he, he retires to the house, and we think that this is the house of Peter. And also we think that this instance in chapter 12 and 13 took place in Capernaum. And of course, that's the, that's the city that Jesus moved to after uh, his um, initiation at Nazareth when he declared himself to be the Messiah. And Capernaum was a pretty good-sized city for that area. Uh, they estimate at least 1,500 people lived there. And so when the Matthew records that the multitudes gathered to him, well, that was a lot of people. And so, um, so he was not, uh, Matthew was not exaggerating at all. All right, once again, verse 1, And that day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. Now this is sometime in the afternoon. And great multitudes gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat down and the whole multitude was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell by the road and the birds came and ate them up. And others fell upon the rocky places where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And others fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them. And others fell on good soil and yielded up a crop, some a hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. He who hath ears, let him hear. Now, this statement, he who has ears, let him hear, is mentioned multiple times in the Gospels. I counted at least eight times. And see, eight times is very significant because if the word mentions something one time, it must not be very important. If it mentions something two or three times, it is important and we should take note. If something is mentioned eight times, we really need to pay attention. And so we need to pay attention to verse nine. He who has ears, let him hear. And as we read on, we're going to see exactly why this is so important. And the disciples came to him and said to him, verse 10, why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered and said to them, to you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom. So going back to my first question, do you have the mind of Christ? Are you born again? Yes, Brother John, I'm born again. You have the mind of Christ. So it has been granted to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. But like in every positional truth, there is a vital reality that needs to be taken hold of. In other words, if we want to know the deep things of God, if we want to have the Lord Jesus reveal to us the word of God, then we're going to have to, by faith, we're going to have to pray and believe for it. So once again, verse 11 says, And he answered and said to them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but not to them it has not been granted. But to them it has not been granted. And we're going to see why. Verse 12, For whoever has to him shall more be given, and he shall have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore, and we're going to go ahead and finish this out. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because while seeing, they do not see. 
And while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled. This is verse 14, which says, you will keep on hearing, but will not understand. And you will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes, notice this, and their eyes they have closed. The Lord didn't close their eyes. They closed their eyes. Lest in any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. So the Lord has not initiated this in a sovereign manner. He has given, not given the Jews the ability or it has not been granted to them to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven because they, they've closed their eyes. They're hard hearted. But you, because you have the mind of Christ, it has been granted to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. It was granted to the disciples. It was granted to those few in that multitude that really wanted to know Jesus. Amen. So let's go back over this real quick. So Jesus speaks many things to the people in parables. Now we're talking about uh, this day, this afternoon, the afternoon that Jesus was ministering. And he talks about the parable of the sower. Now, the scripture says is if we don't understand this parable, we're not going to understand any of the parables. So this parable to me is the most important. And then he says this, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And we've already talked about that. This is very important. We need to pray. If we're having a hard time figuring scripture out, then we need to begin to pray. Lord, give me ears to hear. Give me a heart to understand. Reveal truth to me, Lord. And he'll do that. If we're earnest in our praying and persistent in our praying along these lines, God will open up our understanding and we'll know. And then he talks to the disciples and he tells them, it's been granted to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. If you and I, you and I have the mind of Christ, therefore it has been granted for us to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Well, why do we not know as much as we ought to know? It's because by faith, we're not persistently praying to know these things. And we know, and we must pray if we really desire to know. Now, if we don't desire to know them, then we've got a big problem. And what has happened is the same condition happening in us was what had happened to the, the Jews back in those days. And he said this, he says, this people's heart is wax gross. Are we becoming hard hearted? Are we failing to receive revelation or is the desire to study, to know these things escape from us? Well, we need to capture it again. Once again, remember, we have the mind of Christ, so we really don't have an excuse. We need to go ahead and persist these things. I remember years ago reading this statement, and that statement went like this. There are greater things to be had in the spirit, but they must be sought out through faith and through prayer. This is how we get these spiritual things. This is how we get revelation, is we seek it through faith and through prayer. Amen. Praise God. And so when Jesus said in verse 12, for whoever has to him more will be given and he shall have an abundance. But 
whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. So what is it that whosoever has? Well, it's faith to hear. And whoever has not does not have faith to hear. And so in the end, even what he has, think about the great things that Jesus did this day. Think about the tremendous word that he spoke. Think about how he contended with the Pharisees and he proved them to be wrong. Think about the way that the anointing was moving upon him and the healing and the signs and the wonders. And yet there were people in the multitude that were so hard hearted, they still not believe, did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Some did, but many did not. And so Jesus is saying to these people, but if you do not have ears to hear, if you do not have faith to hear, even what you have, even what you've seen here, even what you may have experienced here on this day by my hands, by the the words that come out of my lips and by my actions, even what I have demonstrated to, to, to you today will be taken away from you. And of course, there's many in the in the in the world today that started off strong in church. They were on the front pew. They were in the choir. They were involved in the church. And then something happened along the way. Satan deceived them and their hearts became gross and their ears became dull of hearing. And eventually what happened is that they closed the eyes of their heart. And where are they today? Well, they're not in the church. And if they are, they're not in the front row. They're not like what Peter says. They're not fervent in spirit. They have become lazy in spirit. And if we want an example of this, just we just understand the life of Solomon. Solomon started out on fire. That man was tremendous, a tremendous example of a godly king. But how did he wind up in the end of life? He wound up backslidden, apostate, and idolater. What happened along the way? He didn't maintain that fervency. He allowed things into his life that turned his heart away from the Lord. And so we need to do just exactly what Peter said. We need to be sober. We need to be vigilant. Because our adversary, the devil, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Peter says, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same troubles and trials and sufferings, amen, that our brothers are seeing are in this world today and they affect us also. Praise God. So, but we have the mind of Christ. Therefore, God has granted us to know the deeper things of the kingdom of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, and also, uh, Jesus says this, and he says that their ears, their people's heart is wax gross, hard-hearted, their ears are dull of hearing. And this term, this phrase rather, ears are dull of hearing, uh, means they're unable to learn. And we're going to see this as we explain the parable of the sower. And this is very interesting. They were unable to learn. Even if they wanted to learn, they were unable to learn. Why was that? Because they weren't listening with an intention to understand. Like so many in the church world today that sit in pews 
and they're hearing the preacher, but they really don't have an ear that their ears are not inclined. And so what the preacher preaches goes right over their head. And they might say, well, our pastor did a wonderful job behind the pulpit today. And someone might say, oh, really? Well, what did he preach on? And that person has a puzzled look on his face that, you know, I don't remember. See, got to have ears to hear. Got to have ears to hear. Amen. And so they don't understand. And so because they don't understand, they immediately close their eyes and fail in the want to understand. And see, Jesus is speaking and he's calling this kind of hardness of heart an evil and adulterous generation. But then Jesus says this in verse 16, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. In verse 17, he says, for truly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Notice the disciples, because of their faith in the Lord Jesus, they were given ears to hear. They were given a heart to understand. And so because they were granted that, the Lord opened their eyes. They opened up the, the eyes of their understanding to receive revelation. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And just imagine, just imagine what the prophets of old desired when they prophesied of the coming of the Messiah. In other words, they longed for it. They coveted to know. They would have given anything to know the things, the reality of the things that they were prophesying. As a matter of fact, they had set their heart upon knowing the one, very one that they were prophesying about. They had faith to believe, but yet Jesus did not come in their time frame. So they died having the promise. Praise God. Amen. Now, eyes here is speaking more than just physical eyes. It's speaking of the eyes of their understanding. The eyes of their understanding was darkened. The unbelieving Jews, they couldn't see it, even though it was right there in front of them within eyeball to eyeball distance, yet they did not understand. And it reminds me of what Paul said, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the, in whom the God of this world has blinded their minds through unbelief, lest at any time they should see the light of the glorious gospel and be saved. That's why preaching the gospel is so important. That's why radio programs like this one are so important, because we're getting out into the airwaves, into the media. We're getting out the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we trust the Holy Spirit is working through the preaching of the word to bring conviction and opening up the eyes of those that don't know Jesus. And Paul said this, he says, but the, but the natural man, the man who's spiritually blind, receives not of the things of the spirit and he cannot know them because they are spiritually discerned. That's why it's so important for the Holy Spirit, amen, to confirm the word with signs following. And so that makes it so very important for us to preach the word, not to preach about the word, but to preach the word of God. And so to finish out this program today, verse 18, hear then the parable of the sower. And then Jesus goes on and he explains, verse 19, anyone who hears the word of the kingdom 
and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the wayside. Remember, the unbelieving Jews, they had their eyes closed. They voluntarily closed their eyes to the truth. And so, therefore, the word didn't penetrate into their heart. So the devil, the devil was able to come right away and snatch the word right out of their mouth. I mean, right out of their mind, praise God, right out of their hearing. What a terrible thing, isn't it? In verse 20 says, And the one in whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Think about all of the followers of the Lord Jesus. Think about the multitudes that followed him when he left the synagogue and all the mighty miracles that took place. Yet, it says, they have no root in themselves, but only endure for a temporary period of time. But when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. They have no firm root in themselves. And basically, these are the people who say, Lord Jesus, I'll follow you as long as it's not too difficult and as long as it doesn't cost me. And when persecution and afflictions arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended and go right back into their former life. And I'm sure you and I know quite a few people that are like that. And then verse 22 says, And the one in whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the loss of other things choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. These are the people that want to follow the Lord Jesus. And they'll do that as long as they can keep everything. I'll follow Jesus if I can still have my alcohol. I'll follow Jesus as long as I can still have my drugs. I'll follow Jesus as long as I don't have to change anything about the way I live. You know, I'm shacked up with my girlfriend or I'm shacked up with my boyfriend. Sure, I'll go ahead and get baptized in water, but don't tell me that I've got to separate with from the person that that I'm living with who is not that who I'm not married to. Oh, I follow Jesus as long as I, I don't have to do something about my homosexual lifestyle. No, see. They may have received Jesus. They may claim to have received Jesus. They may have been baptized. But they're not going to leave their sexually immoral lifestyle. They're not bearing fruit. I don't care how happy they think they are. They are not going to bear fruit unto God. So to accept Jesus as legitimate in many cases for new believers and many believers throughout the world today, it meant losing friends. It meant, means losing business partners. It means losing income. It means losing everything. But yet many in the world today are willing to do that. Why? Because Jesus to them is more important than anything else. And think about the moment that you got born again and the days that followed. Jesus was the most important thing in your life than anything. You were willing to follow him to the end of the earth. Praise God. Amen. And of course, you know, Jesus says this and he's speaking to the unbelieving Jews. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits or loses his own soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Well, there are people bartering their souls today. Bartering their internal lives today. For a morsel of bread. 
And yet what's more important, the things of this world that we're going to leave behind or spending an eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ? I, I don't know about you, but I believe I'm going to go with Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Think about the rich young ruler. Jesus said to him, if you'll be perfect, go and sell what you have and give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Now, th this young, rich young ruler was not going to lose a thing. The only thing that Jesus told him you had to give in exchange for eternal life is the fortune that you have your hands on, that your heart is bent on. But when the rich young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had, for he had great possessions. And then the very last type of soil in verse 23, and the one in whom the seed was sown on good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. The word that's sown in an honest and a good heart. The one who hears the word of God and keeps it. And as a result of that, he brings forth fruit with patience. He endures, praise God. And so this type of soil lays absolutely no condition upon the acceptance of the Lord, but is determined to follow him. He's the one that looks intently at the perfect law of liberty and he abides in it. He does not become a forgetful hearer, but he becomes an effectual doer. And Jesus said, if you do this concerning me, you'll be blessed in everything that you do. And so to end out this session today, see, this is the type of soil that the 12 were in. The 70 were not in it. That's why they left Jesus. When Jesus plainly told them, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to eat my flesh. You're going to have to drink my blood or you don't have any part in me. And the 70 turned around and left. The only the only ones that were left there were the 12. And when Jesus asked him, are you going to go too?" No, he said, no. Where else can we go? You are the only one. You are the son of God. You are the Messiah. You are the one that has the words of eternal life. And I'll leave that with you in this session. Do you follow the one who has the words of eternal life? Oh, I'm telling you, if you don't know him, know him right now. Repent. Ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life right now. He'll do that if you'll do it by faith with the intention of following him to the ends of the earth and giving everything up to follow Jesus. He'll answer your prayer and he'll come into your heart. Praise God. And you'll be a born again child of God. Amen. Father, bless those within the sound of my voice today with the word of God. Holy Spirit, bring wisdom and revelation to them. In Jesus name, open up the eyes of their understanding. And Lord, we'll give you thanks and praise for that. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen.
If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.